It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at cboc.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Don't forget to check out our corporate career boost recruiter, and even student memberships at cboc.com. This is Dr. Jeremy Lookabaugh, and of course with me is Dr. Destiny Preet. We continue with our special series, The I.O. Show, where Dr. Destiny and I get together and we chat about I.O. and not I.O. Welcome to the show. Destiny, if today were opposite day, would it be safe to say that you had a horrible Halloween Absolutely. (laughs) But why did I have a horrible Halloween or a great Halloween? I guess we can switch it from opposite day. So now it's regular day. So why did you have a great Halloween? So many reasons. For those who don't know me, I am a huge Halloween and horror movie buff and fan and all of that. And so every year for Halloween, I go a little crazy in a good way. I go all out. I put everything out on the line. Uh, as far as, you know, decorating, you know, the, the best house in the block, I work with my kids to create some, you know, thematic <laughs> costume uh, attire. I every year, my dad and I and my um, now it's my husband and my brother, we go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida, and it's a bonding experience. So for me, it's something that I can do to come together with my family, make memories, laugh, and not take things so seriously. And uh, you showed me some pictures of your your Halloween house, and you were <laughs> what? What was it? The uh, people in the neighborhood were going around saying, "Hey, you should sign up for this prize because you had like." Then you have fog going down the like all the streets from your fog machine. Yes, we did. My my husband decided that he wanted to do a steampunk thing theme for himself and some in the kids. So my son, I have three boys. One was Michael Myers. One was a crazy, scary clown. And one was the plague doctor. And my husband played off the plague doctor one. And he wore basically a gas mask. (laughs) And my husband was patrolling up and down the street with a lantern. And we had fog that was coming out and he would be showing up out like in the fog and scaring people, including even my own kids. So <laughs> that's for, I'm like a, a Kramer on Seinfeld. Clowns scare me. <laughs> they just, they just scare me. And I've never seen Stephen King's it. I just couldn't even bring myself to, I, I couldn't get past two seconds. Oh, I watched those alone by myself. Yeah, that's that's the level of like horror movie like fan I am. I can just watch these things. And I, I find them just so fascinating for so many reasons. I always tell people the psychology of scary movies and things like that really intrigue me. And I watch a lot of like paranormal um, and, and parapsychology type of stuff. Well, we learned something new about Destiny and be, being able to talk to you off of these podcasts it is it, it's it's fun it makes it makes halloween a lot and 
Yeah. And I think it's really like the last thing I want to say about all this is, you know, I always tell people I work hard and I play equally hard. And I think it's really important to really figure out a way to let loose, even as a professional and do things that aren't so serious and you can have some fun in and, you know, maybe like in some, like in some ways I I used to worry that maybe I would like offend people or that people would kind of see me different after they found some of these things out about me. And what I realized is that at the end of the day, we all have something that probably goes against the stereotypical social constructs and norms that might surprise people. And I think that's kind of what makes us unique in who we are. So why not, you know, talk about those things and, and celebrate those things. Yeah. And speaking of not taking things too seriously. So the, our, our, so work cookie, right? So I wanted to, I I wanted to bring this up because I think there's a a nice parallel to, to workplace initiatives. So here we are, CBOC, Society of Evidence-Based Organizational Consulting, and you know, what's more serious than that, but we've got a fun title, work cookie. And the whole idea is, you know, nice snippets that people can learn to, you know, get ahead with, with IO psychology in the workplace. And how do we make it so that it's not something that's overwhelming these re- with the research? So in our other podcast, a lot of times we'll provide a little bit of the research and we'll talk about it. So here's my, here's my thought and then a question over to you. In organizations, I often think what prevents organizations, leaders, managers, and even employees from doing the simple little, you know, cookie chunk morsel tidbits that can really be effective to impact their day. And one of the things, especially with going with a lot of people going remote, it becomes just a little bit harder and harder for, for managers to connect in a, in a meaningful way. And by meaningful, I mean, whatever's meaningful to the people, whether they're talking about you know, their weekends and their and their puppies, or whether they're talking about what's important to them in the workplace, whatever is meaningful to those people. I'm a big fan of it really only takes five to 10 minutes uh, of a conversation to really impact an employee's workday. So a message to the leaders out there. Yeah, okay. There aren't so many dinner table conversations anymore because I'm guessing that fewer families sit together and have dinner five days a week at the table because life is busy, things are going on. But just think about it like this. If you're a supervisor, you're the topic of conversation at the dinner table. You're the, the thought uh, of an employee when they're when they're driving home or when they're logging off. And that you impact their day in such a big way. And just as simple and going back to work cookie, right? Morsels, tidbits, information. How can we do these um, short, quick hits during the work time? Having that kind of meaningful conversation, whether it's about, hey, what are you passionate about? How, how have you been able to use your skills today? Think back, you know, go to an employee. What, think about when you were hired. What were your expectations of what you would be able to do, how you would be able to contribute and how you would be able to use your education, your experience, your ideas, your thought? Having a simple five to 10 minute conversation can can really provide a boost of motivation, at least, I say, for the next three hours, usually for the next day and likely for, a, you know, even a week or more. And then, oh, my gosh, what if a manager does this for, I don't know, even just once a week for 10 minutes? every week. Could you just imagine the sustained, we talk about momentum a lot. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love it. It makes me think of momentum that I always talk about. You talked about that boost of motivation and for people that are visual, you know, think about the power of conversation and a discussion as being literally a springboard 
of momentum for someone because now people feel like, oh, there's some level of investment in maybe who I am as a person or who I am as a professional or maybe all of the above. And I absolutely agree. You know, in the military, my background's all very military heavy and related and military connected. And one of the things that people talk about when it comes to military leadership is to walk the halls and to get to know your soldiers and your service members, right? So same kind of concept here. It's as simple as inserting yourself as a leader into people's days in an organic way. Because once you get to know people, even if it's for a few minutes, uh, you start to find what you have in relation and relative to each other, right? And one of the things I tell everyone that comes to me and asks me, what are some of your keys to success, Destiny? Why, you know, how have you been able to, you know, manage having a successful outcome for yourself? I tell them the first thing I do is find the way that I can relate to someone and then I make them laugh. So not saying that you have to make someone laugh, but if you find a way that you relate to somebody, not, you know, not, not like very like, hey, we're all related. No, but as in what do you have in common with that person, whether it's through a professional pathway, personal, maybe you have children, maybe your favorite color is blue. Maybe you love Halloween like I do. I don't know anything like that. It can really cause somebody to, like you said, uh, think about, you know, maybe the next time they're having trouble or anything, they might think back to the conversation they had with you and might feel, you know, empowered to do something about whatever the situation is, or maybe they'll just care more and that creates more loyalty. Or there's so many number of things that can happen from conversation. Conversations are powerful. They are. For those of you watching or listening, think if if you're, if you're, if you're a supervisor, what's keeping you from doing this? If you have a supervisor and you're wondering, What's keeping my supervisor from doing? Alternatively, some of you may say, look, my supervisor is just busy. Uh, he or she's not that kind of person. It's just not going to happen. Think, what can you do to start to initiate those conversations? The other thing that's mentionable is if you're maybe if you're a supervisor, one of your answers to that is, well, you know, I try it with this person, but they, they're they not really talkative. They don't talk that much. Think about the topic of conversation. There are plenty of people when you say, how was your weekend? They'll just say, good. Because they don't, they don't, they don't open up as much about about their their personal life. You know, I would say I, I don't know the statistics, but you know, just figure half, right? Just as a as a rule of thumb. But what will those people want to talk about? I'm guessing they want to talk about if they don't want to talk about personal, they'd be happy to talk about work and some of the achievements they've they've had, some of the challenges. What barriers can you remove for them, or just any kind of a, a compliment? is really good. A compliment. Hey, I noticed you did this with this project. I noticed you handled this customer service situation really well. Those are other things that you can do if you notice, hey, this person's not quite opening up. So then Destiny, I'm going to ask you, what keeps you know, managers, supervisors, boss from having valuable, fulfilling five-minute conversations once a week with an of the first thought that came to mind as you were talking was that some people, even culturally driven, is that they don't engage in small talk or they don't like to engage in small talk. And so some of these conversations can feel like that, right? Where they feel almost like like the it, like you're you're just like a filler conversation, right? And so I think it's really important if you are wanting to try this tactic and maybe you're not, and you ask me why people aren't, because 
Maybe they don't know how to do anything else but small talk. Maybe they don't know how to open dialogue or maybe they're, you know, having these personal challenges themselves and wonder like, how can I meet somebody where they are? You know, if you haven't done this before and you start doing it, you might fear that you might come off as not being real or yet you might not come off as being authentic. And I think that's, that's important to take, you know, control of that inner, you know, credit coming up and telling you that like, oh, you're not going to be able to connect with people or whatever. I think it's really important at the end of the day, we're all human and we all really crave and are hungry for connection somehow. And so it's just important to keep that in mind. So if it's a fear, if it's just, maybe you just don't feel like it. Remember you all have the same mission in mind, which is to get things done, be productive and come together whenever needed. So the way to do that is just through as simple as conversation. I like that. And you mentioned small talk. And the first thing that came to my mind is, okay, people don't like small talk. Then what about big talk for five minutes? And that could be as simple as, you know, when in, when, when in doubt, some people look, I just don't know what to say. What would I say to them anyway? Just what seriously, just walk up to someone, practice on your kids and just say how, and then keep talking or say what, and keep talking. You may go to, to one of your employees and say, how did you come up with this idea? pretty easy. That's not small talk. That'll get them excited. Uh, what would happen? You know, maybe you're struggling as a, as a boss with a challenge that you have. You may just simply say, hey, what would happen if I did this instead of this? So it's really easy. Just what and how are your friends? What and what and how? <laughs> no, they're not people's names, but what and how are your friends? When in doubt, just say how and, and really just keep talking. And that's a, a way because it's not filler. It's really impactful. And you can practice this and you know, non these non-employee types of situations. It's really magical. Destiny, you're always great at asking me these questions. You and I were talking yesterday. I said, Destiny, you ask such great questions. I know you ask me. You know the answer or you know your desired answer, or you know what you would do. And you have like 15 thoughts, but you're so good at asking these questions. And I know that you're doing it, but I'm still just like, oh, why? Now here's my, here's my chance to say what I think about it. Because you don't just say, no, I don't want to answer the question. It's, it's empowering, even if you know the other person is just simply being an effective question asker. I appreciate that. I do. And I think it's something that we that you haven't touched on that. It's, I think an obvious kind of like, Hey, this is a no brainer takeaway from this is just be curious, right? It's, we're not telling you to go and like create survey questions, you know, and try to find correlations between demographics and no, like just be curious. And that's, you know, people have this, this weird concept of what curiosity means. You know, people are like curiosity kills the cat, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is curiosity drives a lot of things. It drives innovation. It drives creativity. It drives connection. It drives a lot of things. So just being curious with those questions is probably a really big key to having those organic conversations with people and impactful conversations with people. You know, we've most of us have gone bowling as kids and especially when you're little and as adults, we stink. So we get the bumpers and then these bumper lanes so that the ball at least hits some pins. And I, I like that going in with curiosity. When you go in just simply as curious, the whole tone of your voice changes, the types of question that you questions that you ask change. And it it's 
almost by default begins to eliminate some of be, the being judgy, the being judgmental, because it takes that out of your tone. Because when you're simply curious and hey, look, if you're that, if you're a judgmental type of person and you're just known for that, it might take a little bit for people to realize you're not being judgmental, but just keep, keep at it until it becomes just your way. And people finally start to get it. I have, I've always, I've had this theory that the question is why, what prevents people from having, you know, from managers having a quick five minute conversation, like once a week, part of me thinks that it's because it's this, well, if I do it, I've got to do it again and I've got to be consistent. And if I'm not consistent, then I'm just going to look like a bad boss. So it's almost this fear of making it a habit. Yeah. Uh, accountability. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but it's true. And, and also it becomes, okay. So for somebody like me, for example, who talks to a lot of people through, you know, coaching, personal conversations through research, I'm the type of person where I take accountability probably to a gross extreme where I feel obligations to people that tell me things and voice things to where I have to enact or be a voice for them. And so some people might take that feeling of burdenness on it. However, however, even if you take it to the extreme that I take it to, there are still so many ways that you can make people feel heard without having to go to that extreme. Even if it's just a follow-up, hey, was really great to talk to you or something as simple, like just as simple as an acknowledgement. It doesn't have to be anything. So yeah, there is a level of accountability and asking open questions like that, but it doesn't have to be extreme and it doesn't have to be large. It can be as simple as thanks for that. I appreciate it. And then whatever comes after that. So something to think about. Yeah. Morsels and tidbits. So one last very important question before we close for today. What is your all time favorite Halloween? Wow. (laughs) You'd think that'd be an easy answer. I tried to say it slow with pausing to give you time to think about it. I just, I, good question. You know, (laughs) I feel like if I tell the truth here, people are going to be like this destiny. It's opposite day. So say whatever you want. Um, I like movies like the Hills have eyes and the gore and all of that. I think they're so intriguing. So probably those kinds of movies. All right. So are you refusing to answer the question with a single favorite? How can you possibly answer the question with a single favorite? All right, fine. Here, here's I, I pulled the question on the question thing to you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's that's uh, uh, all right. Then favorite piece uh, Halloween candy. That's an- my boys just left a note for me as they walked out for school. I shared it on my LinkedIn this morning. If you say candy no. corn, we're not we're, we're done. Reese's cups. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Butterfinger. Don't lay a finger on my Butterfinger, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, an old old school favorite. All right. So Reese's. All right. Very good. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at Seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, 
and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at cboc.com.